Hello, my relatives. Welcome to season one of Reclaiming the Child Welfare Narrative with the Capacity Building Center for Tribes. We recognize the need for change in our child welfare systems, and our desire is to examine how these systems do or don't align with our tribal values. We hope to create conversations that honor our interconnectedness and reclaim a child welfare narrative that tells our story. Welcome everyone to Reclaiming the Child Welfare Narrative, Gakadus Aki, Indigenous. My English name is Jackie Kroshu, and I come from the Fish Clan and enrolled in the Turtle Mountain Band in North Dakota, and happy to be here. Today, we wanna to talk about honoring Native values and keeping children in Native communities through innovative practice. Our conversation will be around an inspirational example of what it looks like to infuse community values into practice. Our guest today is Judge Abby. Abby is a California's first, actually, California's first Native American female lawyer. I just learned this and was super thrilled to read that. Uh, she was born in California and grew up on the Yurok Reservation and began serving as a judge for the Yurok Tribal Court in 1997 and has served as the court's chief judge since 2007. So I'm going to turn it over to you now, Judge Abby, and just if you want to just tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and say hello to everybody, that would be great. Now, Judge Abby, what I've just said was, my name is Judge Abby. I live on Requa now. And hello. So just to, to start a little bit, I've practiced a long time in, in the state system before I came home, because we weren't federally recognized or organized until 1993. And after that, then I started working my way toward coming home. And as a lawyer, and as the first Native American uh, woman lawyer in the state, I was also the only person to practice, Native person to practice Indian Child Welfare Act, both before the act and after in dependency court. And so that, that was an interesting experience, as I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> so when I came home, I really wanted to concentrate on building up the infrastructure. We didn't have a court system. So I was basically charged with set up a court system for us. And that's what I have attempted to do. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that introduction and, and letting us hear a little bit more about some of uh, where you come from and, and what you've done. And, and I personally have followed and watched you and been a part of, you know, webinars and presentations and keynotes and have just really come to admire uh, all that you've done and really see you as a mentor out there. So uh, today, I really would love to just talk about uh, the Yurok tribe and, and kind of what you started to get into, you know, how, how did you all come into that place of creating a wellness court and just tell us a little bit more like the meaning of wellness in that court structure. Okay, basically, you know, I had seen the state and federal system at work and I realized that it was really culturally not an appropriate fit for us. And what I really look to is, you know, we had an existence before the invasion of thousands of years. 
and then we had the invasion, and then you have now. So what I was looking to is what would we have evolved to if we had had a chance to evolve without that interruption? And the only way you can really do that is look at value systems because the practices are gonna change. Every culture's practices change as circumstances change. So what I was looking to do is go, okay, what are village values? How are they gonna be made into practices to work with things like opioids, um, like drunk driving, like domestic violence, all things that we really didn't have a lot of experience with. You know, but what we did have a lot of experience with was living together. And that's our value system. So when you look at the value system of the state and federal government, they're very, very rights-based. You have a right to this, you have a right to that, you have a right to, you know, by the time you're done with that. <clears throat> our function and how we relate, which is you have a responsibility to and for, we're not involved. And so they had a whole system devised on things that we don't have. You know, and when I first came home, I said to people, you know, you go try on your Yurok grandmother that you have a right to remain silent if she asked you a question because I'd love to watch the show. You know, because that, my darling, is not going to work. You tell what you've done, and if you've done wrong, then we will help you sort it out and make it right so you can live in community. It's not my job to determine whether or not you did something wrong. You were raised, you know what's right and wrong. Let's work this out. And if you did this, tell me so I can help you. Uh, and that that's the huge difference. It isn't about, it's not a game, it's not whatever, because humans of all the animals that were put here are the most likely to make mistakes, is the nicest word to say it, shall I say, and to foul up. You know, so we have to rely on each other to help ourselves get back to harmony, you know, because mm -hmm. none of us can say, uh, I never did anything wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe a day old baby could get away with that if they could talk, but you know, <laughs> that's about mm -hmm. it. After mm -hmm. that, it's kind of uh, a free for all, shall we say. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. That's the huge difference. So the practices that we were designing were look at in your community, our community, who was involved in the discipline, who was involved in helping you write it, essentially aunts and uncles. Mm -hmm. They would step in and go, okay, Abby, da, 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 da. Or someone, you know, a grandmother or somebody would go, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're done with this part. So, so tell me then, was there support from the community and determining that this is the direction that we need to go or that your the tribe needed to take is that was there like a buy-in was there conversations well what was interesting is that people talk a lot about you know having a culturally relevant system but nobody knows what that looks like you know so you could get buy-in for that but the actual practices you know there's you look in the index and it's blank so what we had to do were things like okay, here's a whole bunch of tickets or fishing citations and whatever, and people would come in. And I would say, okay, you have a right to a trial. Do you want a trial or you just want to talk to me and straighten this out? And they'd go, oh, I'll just talk to you, Judge Abby. Okay, fine. You know, and 99 out of 100 would say that. We have trials once in a while or hearings once in a while, 
but it's always about, no, let, let's just fix this. What happened on that day? You tell me, and let's see if we can work this out so everything will be okay. You know, mm -hmm. and that, it's funny because people didn't really see that in the moment as making the cultural choice, but it was the cultural choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because you don't say, do you want to make a cultural choice to have no hearing and just talk to the judge or this? No, I said, do you just want to talk to me and we'll figure it out? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And this this humanness that you bring, this spiritual kind of connection is just, I really just have admired and been in awe of, you know, the the way in which you've gone about treating, you know, community, treating our people. And, you know, and I also recognize that many of us, including some of the work I did delivering direct tribal child welfare services, you know, a lot of times I followed, you know, the, the direction. And usually that was of the state systems or the county systems, depending on how the state is organized. And so, you know, I ask you this, like, what, what are some things you feel like that tribal child welfare workers really need to keep in mind? Because you, you allude a little bit to our aunties and our uncles. Mm -hmm. So, so how does that shift happen, where we step away or step back from that authoritative type system? Well, what, I, what I've done is, like, we have about 6,300 members in our tribe. This court started out with two staff people. We now employ 57 people. And the bulk of those people are in the field working with individuals. And we have reentry programs. We have uh, programs designed for veterans, programs designed for youth, programs designed for families, programs designed for individuals. You can get referred into them. You can get sentenced into them. We divert people from criminal court in the state uh, because we spend a tremendous amount of time with them and helping them learn new ways or take responsibility for. You know, we had uh, a person who's working in our family wellness court and his work is way back to now having huge, he now has custody of his children um, and he has a job because his wellness worker sat with him filling out how you do a resume, doing this, then they ran around and they together uh, put in the job applications and they had at the last hearing, he was beside himself. He had just, it was his first day of work. You know, and he could only talk to us during his lunch break. We were thrilled, you know, and the first person he told that he got a job was her. Like that's almost like his auntie because she'd been right there with him, helping him fill out all the applications, do the resume, do this, do that. Every step of the way, he had somebody with him, his friend, his auntie, who could do this with him, who knew how to do this, who knew where the, you know, how to find jobs that were posted. So it's a tremendous amount of hands-on, very much smaller caseloads, because when you're in a state court, you have hearings every six months, every whatever. In every wellness court, and all of our courts are wellness courts, you have a hearing every two weeks. And your team is at the hearing and they file reports and they have all these, well, now we have porch meetings because we can't, we have to be outside. <laughs> we have a lot of porch meetings. You know, that's one of the 
the uh, blanks on the report. And we had porch meetings on this date, this date, this date. You know, and then they plan out with the person, you know, because you say, okay, what do you need to, to do? Oh, well, you need to go meet with your parole officer. How are you going to get there? I don't know. Oh, well, I'll come get you that day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so everything is fluid. Mm -hmm. And you also are able to make the best decision in the moment. You know? In that timing. Yes. Mm -hmm. We test all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you get a dirty test, or if I, you know, they, the worker can say, we're going to test. And if the person says, I'm going to test dirty, I don't want to test. Okay, we're going to put it down as a dirty. There's no reason to humiliate you. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do about it? What mm -hmm. are we going to do about it? Because that mm -hmm. happens. How are we going to fix this? How are you going to make this up? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, you know, they'll be ready to graduate. And I'll say, you know, I, I really can't yet. Give me another couple months. Okay. You know, so it's it's a partnership. You know, and even after they graduate from the program, they can come back. And like in our family wellness courts, when we're more operational, all of the people in your pod meet with you, meaning your workers and the other families that are in your pod. So you have a chance to build another community of support community. And before the pandemic, we would have, and we just, this last week, decided we're going to have our first wellness gathering, because we used mm -hmm. to have our gatherings all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, and do things like, we have prizes, you know, and so here's our raffle at the wellness gathering. And Jackie wins the raffle, for, and she gets to pick a prize. But what is that prize for? The prize is she gets to give it to anybody she wants to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I can't tell you how good that made people feel. Yes, yes. To give something to somebody. I mean, people yes. I like to give, but the the power of going, I'm going to get this and give it to, you know, my grandma because she's yes. always wanted this crock pot, whatever it was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're so happy. Yeah, which ties back to that cultural. Those are our traditional exactly. ways. Mm -hmm. So everything you just adjust a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you're welcome in their homes, you go visit, uh, you have meals, you have gatherings. And so it changes everything. You know, mm -hmm. if you're in jail, we visit you. Uh, we raised money to get, uh, put money on prisoners' uh, books so that they could call home. Um, you know, we do all of those things. Have reentry, mm -hmm. let us pick you up. Mm -hmm. If you're being released and you're going to treatment, we don't want you just being released. We will come and get you and drive you to treatment. Mm -hmm. You know, because this is your new buddy here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We will drive you. Yeah, yeah. I can really appreciate that. And and especially with the the frequency of time together as they're navigating this world of recovery or whatever it is that they are needing to do. Because, you know, we all know personally with whatever struggles we're going through, you know, the more we are responsible and kind of accountable to and building new habits, um, you know, we find more successes. And so I can see, you know, when we're only going before a judge, you know, sometimes every, you know, three months I, I've seen. But so I can really appreciate that frequency. But it also leads me to another thought about just and if you can help us understand, it might be a com complex, but 
just the, the funding structures that are used to, to provide this innovative, beautiful wellness practice? Are they court funds? Are they sure just uh, many Part different? What has to happen is that, you know, one, you have to evaluate whether your tribe can support it or if you're going to have to be federally funded. And, you know, I said much of our job is essentially turned us, meaning the administration of the court, into street hustlers. You know, we write grants. I, the CEO of our court, Jessica Carter, is amazing. She's a Yurok, graduated from UCLA, and uh, came home to work in the court. And when we first started doing these funding grants, you know, we, we didn't get them and whatever. And then she spent the winter plotting against these things read every grant that was given, every grant that wasn't, every comment about everything, the next year we start getting it. I said, but for the fact that I needed it, I would have felt sorry for them. <laughs> you know, because she, she made it her business to get them and she did and has. Mm -hmm. That's where we've gotten a lot of our funding. We're mm -hmm. now expanding into how do we develop a philanthropic source of funding because yes. infrastructures for courts and this kind of work, I mean, there's no way to make money in a court. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Sell t-shirts? You know, it's not, you know, that's a lot of t-shirts. Um, so we have to figure out how to set up a philanthropic arm, get funding in, get an endowment that makes money that can fund this. That's mm -hmm. all there is to it. Mm -hmm. So we, mm -hmm. we have to expand that. But you're right. To employ 57 people, that's a lot of, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And we also have in our court, a cultural arm. Um, and we have a person whose duty, is she's the cultural officer of the court, you know, sets up things when there's dances, does the fam this family want to go to dance? Do we need to give them a ride? Do we need to buy them a tent because they don't have one? Mm -hmm. we, you know, what do we need to do? And she partnered with um, a local theater group and we have a storyteller and his son that go into elementary schools and teach a story, a Yurok story to elementary school kids who then with the theater group, make it into a puppet show and present it to mm. their parents and the rest of the school. Mm. And it's a gift we give to the elementary schools because we want to partner with them and for them to know us. And it's the story is about a Yurok law essentially. You know, stories are our laws, mm -hmm. how to be, how to act. And then you explain the story and what it means. And mm -hmm. the particular story that we're using is one about having to ask for help and what do you do when you don't get help? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a very powerful story for young kids. Mm -hmm. And there you are planting the seeds for that next generation. Yeah, because you we know. have to rebuild. Yes. Put that story out. And we also have to include some of these other people who we need to partner with because essentially Yurok's are the largest surviving tribe in the state. We survived mm -hmm. because we had the ability to run and hide uh, geographically. Well, that's not gonna work the next time. Mm -hmm. you know, we were here for thousands of years. These people have been here for a couple hundred years and frankly, they're wrecking the joint. And if we don't come out and help them learn how to be humans, they are gonna wreck it and there will be no place to run and hide. So we have to re-enter and claim our space and teach them how to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And are most of the staff 
Yurok members? Yeah, are they, they are actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have other, other people, you know, that, that come and who are committed to it. Yeah. We have very committed staff, Yurok or non-Yurok, who, you know, who maybe have worked in reentry and who really see the value of what we're doing because it's way different than what other people do. You know, our veterans, like we have a special veterans program. Um, we just have now a special education program because we have a very high illiteracy rate and a very high um, dropout rate in elementary school. You know, and you can't function like that. You just mm -hmm. can't. You know, mm -hmm. and once we realized the um, domestic violence issues that we had, there's a state certified program for domestic violence. We redid the curriculum to be culturally relevant to us. Mm -hmm. And now we're state certified and we're the only tribe that has that program. Mm -hmm. For instance, in that program, how it's different from the other program, the state program that they had, and it's been successful for us. The first part of the lesson is you go interview everybody, every elder in your family and find out where violence came into your family. Who went to boarding school, who uh, had a family member kidnapped to become a slave, and were anybody of your people at any of these massacres in our lands? Because the mm -hmm. massacres occurred primarily at ceremony. Because if you want to kill a bunch of people who weren't armed, that's the best place to go. Uh, not that I'm trying to give lessons on how to do that. But, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that violence then came from there. Mm -hmm. Because you see a lot of people, and they don't know why they're acting the way they are. And they don't get that it's the, in there the memory, mm -hmm. the healing memory or whatever that's transmitted. Mm -hmm. And it's much easier to get them to set that aside once they can look at it and identify it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and nobody, the whole, the country isn't set up to take responsibility. I mean, it's like the whole Sackler thing with the opioids. You know, the family that created this disaster, their settlement is all based on the fact that they don't have to take any responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like that is the exact opposite of who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do think that such key to wellness or recovery or however we're, whatever word we're using, is the more that we can understand that not only I hear you talking about just the intergenerational strengths and wisdom, but also the traumas that have impact us that have been carried on. I've heard people refer to it as, you know, blood memory. I've heard many different ways that people have described. And, and what a way to help take some of the, the burden off of their shoulders because so many times with addiction is that shame that is carried along with it. People that we've harmed, people that we've hurt, but to also have a narrative or an understanding that can help guide us into wellness is a such a beautiful thing, Abby. I'm well, it's really about you need to understand that a lot of the times tribal people were mugged. I mean, that's that's the only that's the best way to say it, you know. And that you need to understand there's there's something that follows you when that happens, you know. And people talk about historical trauma in a generic form, but you can't. Each tribe has to know what their trauma was because it wasn't that far back. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then they have to put that story in the form mm -hmm. and bring it forward, mm -hmm. you know? 
-hmm. as well as changes mm -hmm. yes 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 as well as what their worldviews are as a tribe what those cultural values and beliefs are as well because I've, I've watched a lot of families reach and have been hungry for those cultural teachings so it was wonderful to hear that you have somebody who can help organize you know those the, the cultural connections for our families in your community yeah. that's a wonderful thing to hear our cultural officer also is in charge of um our feeding the elders lunch program you know and you think is that a court function as far as i'm concerned it is because that's one of the main laws of the culture you know now maybe we didn't do it exactly correctly because we hired away from one of our local corporations a really good chef <laughs> <laughs> was their chef and now he's so thrilled to be cooking for elders <laughs> there you go <laughs> but uh, i would say yeah. i'm right but i'm really not <laughs> if the truth were out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's a great idea that's a great idea uh, i love that and so i'm just trying to think about you know for some of the folks listening out there you know who are in awe of what you guys are doing you know, um, what are, I mean, did you, was there a strong leadership support? I mean, so when you're, when folks are out there listening, um, you know, is there something they can take or walk away with if they want to start having a dialogue about doing something like this, bringing more wellness into their tribe or their community? Is that, would you suggest you know, that, you know, bringing leadership on board and starting those conversations? Well, I think you have to have a council who supports you to do this wellness work. And they have to understand it's a long haul. And you've got to have staff and personnel to do it and train your advocates, put them in the field, and know it's going to be a lot of long, hard days. You know, it, we, this didn't happen in five seconds, you know, so getting us to walk back to, to where we should be is a work in progress, you know, and mm -hmm. we have to commit ourselves to it. And I think mm -hmm. for the most part, tribal leadership is committed to that, but nobody knows how to articulate the dynamics of it. Mm -hmm. And so what you need is somebody at the court who goes, okay, this is what it's going to look like, you know, and then they get stuck in sort of the whole way of doing it like in social services or whatever you know but then you change enough the structure to go okay this person's going to have this many clients this is how often they're coming and on that client we're going to look at that client and go they need a mental health team they need education workers they need what does this team need <laughs> you know and then you add to that and then they meet and you make sure they get it yeah i see even when you think about some of the promising practices that are happening out there, specifically in the child welfare field, they are really, you know, come from, I think about the family group decision making and it, and it coming from New Zealand and, you know, how, you know, that practice is really to be bringing in people into a circle, similarly to what you described, and having that you know, conversation together, figuring out, you know, how we 
do safety planning and you know the responsibilities that are that are that are everybody's responsibility, not just the the caseworker. Um, so let me ask you then: Do you use the data in a way that helps? Do you, do you use that data to bring it back and share with the community? So you know they're seeing more support, more um, because when we when we have that data, I believe that can tell a story and that can help get more support, more funding. Is that how you guys are using the data currently? How do you do that? We have um, Dr. Blythe George, who is our first PhD uh, who graduated from Harvard um, with a doctorate um, in social policy. And she is a data geek. You can you can only talk to her for about three minutes without getting totally overwhelmed. Um, she must dream in numbers. I'm not quite sure, but she helps us establish all of that for all of the programs. And we're very much into that driving us forward and to looking at other other situations for that. So she's very much become a key component of what we do, you know, and also she's changing how they look at things. You know, when she was working on her PhD, they were like concerned because, oh, if we let her interview neuroc incarcerated people, because that's what her PhD was about, she'll be too close to the people. And so we entered a dialogue with them about what, which is the reason you have no information is because nobody's going to talk to you. And if you want some information, let us loose and we'll get you that information. You know, and it's the same way she, when she looks at information and the missing and murdered women, we've done two years of massive reports on it. They didn't ask questions like, is this missing woman, was she a foster child? They didn't ask that question. They didn't ask the question, were her children taken by the foster care system? Because that shows a responsibility and connection to another system. Mm -hmm. So we have a different way of processing data and collecting data, and we need to make sure we do that. Mm -hmm. I knew it from looking because I know the people. That's not helpful in overall. You know, and all tribes should be aware of, and we're working on, you know, the data collection is uh, like, a, like a double-edged sword here. Do you know that when a foster child goes missing, there is no alert system for any foster child that goes missing? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. what kind of adults allow that to happen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's on us. And we're working very hard to figure out a pilot project to do whatever, not just for your kids, but because I have a couple hundred kids in care. But we don't know when they don't come home mm -hmm. to foster care. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. That to me, that data collection is a gap. So there's huge gaps in our systems that we need to 
attend to. Mm -hmm. And as we build our strength, we're tending toward that kind of thing too and going, look, we have got to bridge that gap. We have got to work on this. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. And so she's in charge of, is it all of the data collection? I mean, I, I think about how we sometimes... We haven't told her that. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We just sneak up oh, on her. What about this problem? Come on, right, right, Dr. Right. Blythe. Come on, Dr. Blythe. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, and truly when you are able to, when tribes are able to, you know, grab their own data, determine what it is they need, determine what it is they want to examine, you know, and being well, able to do that. Is... And see, the whole need thing is based on, you know, they have this need and this right to, and this right to the system. Right. And my, my response is, you're grown-ups. You have a responsibility to children, period. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It isn't about right to the system or wrong. It's mm -hmm. about their yeah. children. We're grown-ups. What in the holy baloney are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is not okay. Yeah, and, I, and that's some of the feedback we've heard is just how tribes have struggled with um, sharing systems with their state or county systems and not always having or being able to obtain, you know, that yeah. data. So if there's the challenge. We're working on that and you end up having to, you know, we're employing now trying to get a social policy expert that helps us with that. So we can interface with legislation and with Congress and all that stuff. I mean, all these kids are smart as heck, you know, and you just got to turn them loose. Mm -hmm. they get it and they you know and they get and respond to the to the notion oh responsibility you know mm -hmm. yeah okay you know and yet they set up all these systems and you don't have a right to it well i have a responsibility for these children so exactly how do you expect me to exercise that mm -hmm. and frankly so do you mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah and what makes yeah. it okay in your world not to take care of children yeah it's not okay in mine yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's part of why, you know, Judge Abby, that we wanted to have this podcast and we really wanted to talk about, you know, how do we, how do we change this narrative and how does it fit who we are and what we need? You do it person by person. Yeah. You know, you get a couple of people through school, you get this person through, you know, just like Jessica, I mentioned her earlier. Well, in her spare time in the last several years, she went to online law school while being married, having a son, and doing working full time. And she passed the California bar this year. First time. Yes. You know, awesome. you get some of these people and you turn them loose and you support them to gain more knowledge because, you know, that's, we can do this, but it is person by person by person. Every person that you help do that then creates this other stuff. It doesn't. You know, we didn't go from two to 57 overnight. You know, it's, it's a lot of work, but we can do it. You know, and this is our place. We have to do it. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, as, as the families go through uh, and get the support and have that connection, you know, therefore they tell their family and their families share it with another family. And the community is now aware of what could possibly be done especially when it ties with what they know are their true values. Right. right. You know, and it, and it goes like that. And then they help and then they support and then they see the other person at dance or they help it, 
you know, doing different things um, like we're supposed to, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and people say, well, <laughs> somebody asked me, well, do you go fishing? And I said, no, I don't go fishing. And they said, well, how do you get fish? I said, you just merely say to your nephew, I'd really like fish for dinner. <laughs> and then it shows up at your house. <laughs> there you go. Isn't that how people fish? <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. Or somebody up the hill brings it and drops by the fish they got. That's how you get fish. <laughs> truly. Yeah, truly. <laughs> truly. You know, and well, people have to remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just thinking about this conversation, is there anything else that you think would be helpful for listeners um, to know about this, you know, the wellness work that you guys are doing that we haven't covered? Um, I think they really have to look at their value system and visualize practices. We can do this. We really can. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and in talking to others not from here, not from the tribes you know i say to them look this country might have made a huge mistake with this whole melting pot thing you people came from cultures a lot of you on the run a lot some of you drug you know but you had values that frankly were closer to ours than they are to this new system and you might want to rethink this mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. all of us because mm-hmm. people are looking at us and looking at our success and going wow, maybe we should do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we should have a family wellness court like that that meets every two weeks to help people mm-hmm. who they think are friends. Who, and I interact with the clients all the time out in the community. I'm at the same events they're at. I mean, you know, if, I mean, we had, I, here's, here's a perfect example. We had two boys get fishing tickets because you're supposed to pull your nets at a certain time and they didn't. So their nets were seized, their fish were seized, and they were in court. And so I said to the first one, you know, why didn't you pull your net? Um, Because I forgot to charge my phone and my alarm didn't go off. I said, okay, so you're just dumb. And I turned to the other one, his cousin, and I said, you know, what happened here? And he said, well, he was supposed to go help Auntie get her net out, and we couldn't find him, so they got me instead. And I went and helped Auntie get her net out, and then they got my net. I said, well, okay, so clearly that's not your fault because you were right to go help your auntie before you helped yourself. And so this knucklehead got you both in trouble. So I'm giving your stuff back and you have no fine. And so I turned to the first guy and I said, okay, for this, you know, it's several hundred dollars for this fine. I said, do you have that money? He said, no. I said, well, what if I give you back your net and you go fishing and then you bring fish to dance this weekend because fish are very expensive. He said, well, I could do that. I could do that. I would do that. I said, good. He said, well, how do you know if I do it? I said, because I will be at the dance. And if you don't do it, you're going to have a really bad Monday morning. He said, oh, I was going to do it. I was just asking. I, was <laughs> I said, well, good. It's, it's good to wonder. Inquiring yeah. minds are a good thing. <laughs> that sounds so much like, um, you know, what we would hear from our aunties or our uncles. Yeah. You know, those those direct consequences. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and you know, we have this law. He didn't pull his net, but I'm not going to hold him accountable for that because he was better to go help his his aunt is older, and I knew that. Mm-hmm. And isn't that always like when we really dig, dig, you know, underneath what we are seeing? There usually is something that's legitimately, you know, uh, it's it's not as black and white as we you know 
think it should be or you know so and you can get cultural people into it you know we uh -huh. had this dispute between guys on the river and i issued restraining orders because they were they were in a fist fight which is dangerous mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i brought them in and i said just so you both know i'm really mad at both of you i said you guys have fished next to each other for at least three or four decades that i can count and i said and you know how dangerous that was i happen to have a dance leader on my staff and you two could go talk to him and figure this out. Do you want to do that? And they said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. I said, he's right here right now. They said, oh, okay. And I said, but let's be really clear. I said, if you don't figure it out, you're gonna come back in here and face one really old, really mad Yurok woman. So think very carefully about what you're doing. <laughs> okay, okay. They go out about an hour and a half later, they're knocking on the door and I can hear them laughing and talking. They open the door and they say, oh, don't worry, it's all taken care of. I said, okay, that works for me. I said, let's go back on the record. And I say, okay, the only consequence of this, I'm removing the restraining order because we don't need it anymore. You will go back and tell your sons and your nephews how you resolved it um, and make them understand if they have issues like that, they go see a dance leader and they don't aggravate the heck out of me. Are we clear? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. That was a dispute. I said, you know, you should have taken it to him first. I shouldn't have to deal with this. I have enough to deal with. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> but, you know, because some of those, that's a classic, what we would call a man's camp issue. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be involved in that. You know, mm -hmm. you guys should have known this. You're old enough to have known this. Go deal with it the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough. Just, you know, a big miigwech and, you know, just for who you are, you know, all the hard work that you do, you know, the time, even just taking the time out of your busy schedule and, and sharing some stories with us of what's happening in your community and, and, you know, the impact it's having and not, and not just in your community, but, you know, we see this, we have watched and listened to some of the work that's being done. And, you know, so other country is also benefiting and, and hopefully, you know, get a, an opportunity to listen a little bit more and, and you know, about some specific work coming out of Iraq. You are such a role model. And again, it's been an honor talking with you today. And any, any closing thoughts you want to leave with our listeners? I guess the only thing I would say is that each system can do this. You know, we came from this. This is not something I discovered. Mm -hmm. I just kind of helped it wake up, mm -hmm. you know, in me. And that that's it. It's there. And if we do this, it will be better for all of us. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So we're good? Yeah, well said. So <laughs> thank you again. And thank you all for listening. Take care. And may you all have ease, love, and wellness in your day. Hey ah, hey ah, hey ah, oh, way hey ah, hey ah, hey ah, way ah, hey ah, hey ah, way ah, hey 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 ah, hey